champion, it's the epitome of excellence. 100% excellence. Right. And champions fail. Champions are the ones that are there at four in the morning when no one wants to get up and work. They're the ones that put in the extra hours after the games. And I wanted to be the definition of that in the commercial real estate space. And I knew it would take forever to do. Your business is not a pyramid. It's a round table where every voice should matter. You're listening to the Culture Camp Podcast, where we believe that if you build your dream team, anything is possible. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organizations. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Here is your host, Jason Haugen. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. And we got Ryan Flint, lifestyle broker. Ryan, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me, man. Ryan, you have an incredible bio. I mean, you are one of the most well-known realtors in the nation, one of the top realtors in the nation. You're nationally known, sold billions of dollars. And I really appreciate you being on the store or on the show because we're going to talk all things culture. I know like that's your biggest thing. I kind of like talk, we'll talk about everybody's story. I mean, you don't have to go really super far back, but just how did you become, you know, a real estate agent and commercial specifically, if there was a shift, there was a change and, you know, let's take us back from, from there. Yeah. So initially I, uh, was in the fitness space. I got home from my mission and, uh, I loved fitness. I loved working out. So I owned a gym and I was, my niche was CEOs, you know, business owners, professional athletes. And, uh, you know, being in the baseball space, I, I was connected with some of the, the teams in the major leagues. And anyways, my relationships just started to deepen and deepen and deepen. And over time, I thought, go, oh, you know, fitness, there's just not a lot of money in it. You're working 18 to 20 hours, which is fine. But for the return, it just, it didn't make sense. I had a young family and uh, I had an opportunity to sell my practice. And so I did. And uh, in the interim, I had a little bit of a buffer as far as money goes to really explore what I wanted to do. And my dad's a mega entrepreneur, was, ended up selling his company a couple of years ago. But um, I reached out to him because I had worked with him on and off, you know, growing up when I was little, I'd sweep floors or be on garbage duty. And, and anyways, he, his facility was in Salt Lake. He let me come just do special projects until I, you know, uh, figured out what I wanted to do when I grew up. Right. And, uh, during that time, I'd always loved real estate. I had a lot of friends that were selling houses and I didn't really know many people doing the commercial real estate thing. I didn't know much about it. But in the time working for my dad, he had eight acres on the back of his warehouse. He said, hey, maybe as a special project, you could reach out to one of these commercial brokers and work with them and see if you know you can get me what, what you can out of this eight acres. So I took it on and and first things first is I I thought, God, I, I want to kind of know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to go get my license. So I did. And uh, I called around to a couple commercial brokers, just Googling, to be honest, and came across one that had a baseball background like me. And he came and we ended up kind of listing the property together. And uh, we, we formed a really good relationship. And during that time, you know, he kind of pulled my dad aside during the process of selling that land. He pulled my dad aside and said, hey, like, is Ryan committed to you? Is he going to do this long term? And my dad said, no, I, I, that's kind of his call. I don't, I don't think he wants to do what I do long term. 
So uh, this individual asked me, hey, would you ever be open to coming into commercial real estate? I said, are you kidding me? Yes, I, I would love it. I don't want to go into house, you know, being a house realtor because I am the anti-emotional type of personality. Right. I loved numbers. I loved contracts. I like hard stuff. Commercial is, uh, you know, a lot of people say that when you become a realtor, you know, you, it takes a couple of years to make money. Well, commercial is like on steroids of that. Really? Um, it's it, a, diff- it's it a way takes different game. a lot longer. And uh, it's just not, you know, there's not a big mass of like a school of fishes, like realtors. Right. Everybody's sister's brother-in-law's daughter's aunt is a realtor. Amen. And in the commercial space, they're all great whites. Right. Honest to God, they're all just, they're educated and the the relationships are deep. You know, you're working with not only entrepreneurs or business owners, you're working with corporations that have 10-year contracts with with brokerage firms. Big one. Like if you're selling a big building, it's a big, I mean, you're talking not like a $400,000 home. You're talking um, like millions of dollars over that 10-year contract. Yeah. Oh yeah. So your, your clientele is totally different than you know, your, your, your family on a $300,000 budget for a home. That's exactly right. And so I thought, okay, well, I don't have that much money from selling my fitness practice to endure three, four, five, six years on what, you know, some of these guys are telling me. Right. How old were you? I was 20, 20, 23, 24-ish, somewhere okay. in there. And, uh, but I knew like I had, I had a gift of, A, I was a visual learner. So everything that I read, saw, listen to, I, I pretty much knew, uh, I was a, I was a people person. I obviously looked the part. I take really good care of myself. Right. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to take this year. I'm going to go work for this guy. We just closed a deal, gave me a little bit of money. I think, uh, my side of that was maybe 50 grand. So in one commission, you're like, all right, that, that does the job. But also in the commercial brokerage houses, your splits are a lot different than, than residential. You're not really? just paying like a desk fee of seven, 800 bucks a month. You know, really? Sometimes they're 50%. Wow. So if you're making 50 grand, you're taking home 25 grand pre-tax. Wow. And so that's it's a, a big little, difference. That's a big difference. And uh, the splits go up, obviously, as, as the more and more you do and kind of the tenure in your, your uh, production and so on and so forth. So I put that money aside. I owned a home. I think my mortgage was like 1500 bucks a month back in the day. Okay. And uh, I wish we had that now. Yeah. And, and <laughs> funny is, is I'm still in that same house and I love it. Wow. That is incredible, actually. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So I told my dad, hey, look, I knew I could always go back to my dad, you know, and, but he, he, he treated me like any other employee. My dad wasn't a, hey, roll out the red carpet, you know, just come sit in his executive suite all you want. I'll pay right. you whatever you want. I was the opposite of that. My dad taught me how to work. He taught me how to jump in boxes. He did all the lost and found for FedEx throughout the world and, and a package rebound program that it's a long story in itself, but ended up selling to FedEx a couple of years ago uh, and did really well. Very specialized business, but he taught me how to do the garbage duty, to sweep the floors. His warehouse was always immaculate. And I respected that. But, but also, you know, when you're a leader and you're jumping in the boxes, as a CEO or the chairman, whatever he was back in the day, I wanted to be that person. In whatever I did, I wanted to emulate what my dad was doing because it doesn't matter really if he was loved by everybody, but God, people respected him. It was the best way to learn too. So I I get into this corporate shop. I I started with uh, Jones Lang LaSalle, number two corporate brokerage in the world, 
opened up a, a new office or a presence flag, whatever you call it, in Salt Lake City. And this was 2012, 2013, still super young. And uh, in real estate school, you don't learn any commercial. You have like one little, maybe four hour course, three hour course on leasing, really? but it's still very driven towards residential. So going into- So it's the same school. It's the same school. It's just a real estate license. Obviously there's designations as you as you get into it. And we'll talk right. about that, but got into the corporate shop and uh, at, at JLL and started to be mentored by this individual that sold the land for me or with me. And I was there probably nine months, maybe a year. And that entire time, I remember on day one, not only did they have very corporate strict rules on being a tie in a, in a suit and you know, it's, you would think that being a 1099 or an independent contractor, you can work your own hours, but no, you're there at eight, nine, and it's like a law firm when you're brand new. I mean, you don't go home till nine or 10 at night. And if you do, you're a failure. You know, they throw right. you a, a list of lease expiration dates, a phone book, and they say, go in that little, you know, huddle room and let me know at 10 o'clock tonight what you come up with. Wow. You know, and if you're not producing, you're not setting up meetings for the senior brokers, you're a failure. So I, I kind of knew that going in and I figured, all right, well, to kind of escalate the, the, the story and, and fast forward, I sat back and thought, even in all my frustration, golf, there are so many things about this that I see people are doing well, but mostly it was the other brokers from other shops that I was doing deals with, that I was interacting with. I thought, golf, they're kind. Are they, are they, I didn't really judge them if they were you know, a senior broker or a, you know, in commercial real estate, there's, there's different titles that, that basically dictate where you are, what you make. Right. And, uh, I just wanted to be friends with everybody. That was just my personality. And I wanted to be also the guy that brought, if I brought a deal that whether the broker was a senior guy or a junior guy or whomever it was, they, they thought to their, in, in their heart gall that, Ryan's bringing a, a real, he works hard. It's, it's a real deal. It's not just like a, right. a bullshit Get a reputation to uphold. Yeah. And uh, I also sat back and I thought, gall, sitting here at JLL watching some of the brokers in-house and around town, there were a lot of feelings of, I am going to be the mentor and I am going to be the broker or the senior broker that acts in the exact opposite way. Because I saw how cutthroat they were. I saw how how all about the money they were. And it was driving me absolutely crazy. So I've been in the business for over a decade now. And one of the biggest things that that I've done over that course of the time is, is created my core values, you know, my non-negotiables. Right. And whether, uh, you know, I was the junior broker trying to just add value to the people around me or, you know, being the president of a large, super large company, it's always been the same non-negotiables. Right. We all have principles. We all have mission statements. But if people know me, it was treat people with a lot of respect, love people. I got made fun of so much because the advice that I'd give young brokers was just love people. Right. It, it doesn't matter if it's a broker on the other side of the negotiation table or if it's your assistant that's a single mom trying to scrape two pennies together. You love people. You take care of people. You have the utmost honesty lead with example. And, you know, my, my mission always has been three things, make a lot of money, have help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. Okay, and I the only that. way that, that I have make a lot of money in there is because of the lesson that my dad taught me when I was younger, that God would 
bless you with more money if you were a good steward right. of the money. Because at the end of the day, we don't go to, to heaven or hell with, with anything. Right. And it's the impact that we leave. But if you're helping people in not an enabling way, but a loving way, he's going to continue blessing you with more and more. And uh, I was never too good for the small deals. The small deals were the ones that most brokers just kicked to the curb. There wasn't much money in them. Sometimes it was enough to go to Cafe Rio, <laughs> um, but they all added up. And right. those little ones are much harder than the very sophisticated $100 million deals, believe it or not. Right. But it allowed me an opportunity to get even just a seat at the table to do a big deal. Wow. And uh, I knew that going in. I had to, I hate the word humble, but I had to give myself permission to go through some of that, those hard experiences and those hard negotiations of people that were doing everything they could just to pull together a security deposit, let alone sign a three or a five-year lease. You're probably working with like some startups oh, and some yeah. businesses that like, you know, they don't have hundred million dollars in the bank and they can oh, sign this big lease, you know. You're, right out you're, of their garage right. thinking, golf. I just need more space so my wife can pull their car in. Is there anything? Here's my budget. And, you know, the lowest, let's just put an example out there. The lowest lease per month is a thousand bucks. Like they were thinking 250, 300 bucks. And so it's one thing to, you know, say, hey, let me see what I can do. I learned really quickly. It's better just to tell them what they need to hear rather than what they want to hear and build that trust. And again, you can do that through love. And, uh, that's how I built my culture. That's how I built my teams. Now, look, I've learned my lessons so many times over and over and over again by failing, but it's because of that, it, where I am now. And, uh, you know, right. things don't always click on every cylinder, but having those non-negotiables from day one, after seeing the pros and the cons, just learning and absorbing rather than saying, oh, I'm going to get rich quick, or I'm going to be the biggest, baddest shark in the sea on year two. That was not me. I knew in my heart, given the the, the great things that I had to offer and the person that I was and the way my mind worked and my smarts that I would get there one day, but it was a long-term game for you. Yes. It wasn't absolutely. like a boom, boom. It was a, you know, I might have these relationships for the next five, 10, 15, 20 years, and they'll keep paying me for the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. It wasn't, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, come in, you know, stir some stuff up, sell some leases or, you know, whatever, and bounce out or figure that like, just, you know, it was a, it was a methodical, like, it seems like you built a really good foundation and you knew from the beginning what that foundation was and what you wanted and then your end goal. And you just built it accordingly. Cause I feel like some people get into spaces, they have no really long-term, long-term like goal or like they don't really see that far. They can only see six months ahead of time. So they're just, you know, blinders on looking in six months and messing things up. And then they're kind of moving shifty back and forth. And people, as you know, very well, get in and out of this space, specifically in real estate. Like it's going out of style. Like you said, everybody's brother, sister, aunt, like uh-huh. people have real estate license. I'd be surprised. I wonder how many licenses there are, but everybody oh I feel gosh. like I know. Oh yeah, I got my real estate license. Have you ever sold the house? No. Why'd you get yeah. it? Like, yeah. And it's like, what value do you bring if yeah. you're like not in it all the time? And and you know what? With you saying that, it was my biggest pet peeve was brokers, even in the commercial space that were captains in the industry saying, well, I'm only as good as my next deal. And really? I thought to myself, that is not me. I am only as good as the relationship that I have with my people. I mean, I have a really hard time whether I'm writing or I'm, I'm, uh, you know, have on my website or whatever, the word client. Right. That is such a weird word to me because I go shopping with my friends. Right. And I'd much rather go shopping with my friends than some, somebody I'm not comfortable with. Right. And so my quote unquote clients are my friends, whether they're 
multi-billion dollar companies or they're, you know, startups. Because right. I am not too good for startups. It's all about, do we have that connection? Are they loyal to me? Am I loyal to them? Right. You know, if, it, I'll, and I'll tell you what, some of those small quote unquote startups that I helped earlier on that people were throwing over to me being like, oh, you're, you like the scab deals. Like here, take this. Some of them have IPO'd and uh, I'm still there. I'm still a consultant. And my relationship with those people are the exact same as right. it was on day one. So I'm only as good as the way that I treat people, not as good as my next deal. That's the problem with real estate brokers, agents, whether you're home. And I, I think it could do be related to anybody in sales. Right. And I will say like, you know, usually agents, especially from your caliber, have a certain like super cock. Like I, there's a difference between cocky and confidence. Absolutely. And like, there's a very, you know, like there's a, you know, like you can kind of tell like, okay, you know, that guy drives this car and he has this swag about him. And then you find out he's never sold a thing in his life or whatever. But I will say from the moment I first met, cause I've heard a lot about you and I, I, I met you at a uh, Keaton's house and the thousand dollar tip dinner. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody there besides Keaton and Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I barely knew Murphy, Murphy, but you came up to me and Mikel, I don't know if you remember this and you, you and your wife just I talked did. to us yeah. and I'm like, man, like he is the coolest guy ever. Like you talk to us about life and kids and your house and like the projects you got going on as more of like a, like, like a really true, like a friend talking, mm -hmm. not look at me. I never got that from you. And usually when I'm talking to people the whole entire time, they're just bragging about, oh, I've done this. Oh, I've done that. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Like, yeah. you know, I care more about you as a person than I really care about what you've done. Because that's where I build the relationship. Because, you know, for me, I've grown up around money and, you know, my, my parents are very wealthy and things and I, we, a lot of wealthy friends. So that's the last thing I care about. I care about relationships and people. And like, when I first met you, I'm like, wow, like that's Ryan Flint. Like he's on every freaking billboard in Utah. Like he's on, he's everywhere. And every building has a, you know, Mountain West Realty, you know, big old sign on it that says Ryan Flint or someone else. And then, you know, whatever, like, it was yeah. just like, wow, like this dude is everywhere. Especially after I met you, I noticed you're everywhere. And I'm like, he is the most humble person. And then I follow you on social media. And then I'm like, he's exactly who he is on a social media as he is in person. And I think yeah. that's very, very, very unique and rare, honestly, because most people are really, I mean, social media can be so fake and you can get around people like in that group and you know, those groups are kind of a dick measuring contest a little bit. And, yep. you know, we, we know that. And, you know, there's some people that are very humble that have made a lot of money. There's some people that are not very humble and they haven't really done anything, but they're trying to like prove themselves. And I just never got that from you and your wife. I mean, you were very awesome people. That's why you, you were the first person I asked Keaton about when we went to the Darth Brooks concert. I'm like, does Ryan and his wife want to come? Like, they're just, they're cool people. And like, we connected at like a friendship level instead of, oh, like, look what, you know, like it wasn't a transaction relationship. It was more like a real relationship. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate that, that for yeah. me because like I, I've heard so many things about you and like reading your bio and you just sent it to me. I'm like, man, I, I'm not worthy of this guy. Like he's unbelievable. And I've heard so many good things about you. I've, I've read a lot about you. Um, you're in a lot of publications and you're all over the place. And, you know, again, I just want to appreciate you sitting down with me because I, I, I you know, came out with this podcast and why I like culture. We're very similar. Like we, yeah. we look at people the same, very similar. Um, I was on a podcast a, a while back, maybe maybe a month ago, and he was like, what is the best advice you can give to a CEO? And you know what? I said, love your people. That is the best advice I could I could give because I've been in so many masterminds where 
they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, we come back from a break and the gal was on the phone, this, you know, idiot employee. And like, they just look at their employees so negatively or their team so negative. I, I call them family. Yeah. You know, I don't really like the term employees either. Yeah. Um, but they look at them so negatively that it's like, it's horrible. And like, you know, what you're saying is like right down my alley. Like I'm, I'm feeling it because like, I totally believe in like loving people and loving people for who they are. Like they're becoming like, obviously you have to have that, like that boundary of, you know, they work for you and everything like that. But sure. at the end of the day, like I tell people like, oh, I'm, I can be your best friend, but we have to have the, enough respect that I have to be able to fire you. That's right. Like I, that just has, and it's a respect level. Yeah. It doesn't have, I don't have to treat them bad. Well, and that's the great thing about culture. And, 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 you know, I, I appreciate all those, those comments, but I'll tell you the, the my why and purpose behind everything that I do is, is because of the failures that I've been through. And uh, of course I don't, you know, put them out there to, to people. Those are my own stories, but in bringing the right people, I've, I've had people that I've hired that uh, make a lot of money and they make me and others in our company and team a lot of money, but they can't live the core values that I set on day one. And I remember sitting, sitting down, looking in the mirror at myself saying, no matter what, these come first, but you have to that's so good. Them. You, and, and I've had to make a couple of hard decisions. And but I've at the end of the day, it's almost friends. easy because it's like, it's easy because like your culture is number one. That's an easy decision. Yeah. And, and you know what? When you have the conversation with those people, they respect you. Right. They might be mad or frustrated, but the question always comes up that I ask them, is it or it's because you're having a hard time following through with these core values? They're in their face on the wall all day, every day. Right. If you go into my office and you ask people, what's, what's a core value? Speak it to me. They'll throw it out there. It's right. because every meeting, every day, you're walking by them. If you don't live it, you know what? I'm not for everybody. Those core values are not for everybody. Right. But you know what? That's okay. That's the beauty of them. So I'm very slow to hire, Right. but I'm very fast to fire. And right. I haven't had to fire a lot of people because I'm so slow to hire the right people. Right. And again, I'd much rather have somebody that I trust that works hard, that lives our core values than somebody that's bringing in more money than I know what to do with, but I have to worry about them right. or her. Because at the end of the day, like your values are your values. And if you just treat people like, oh, they're bringing in me so much money, I'm going to deal with it. Then your other employees are like, Ryan's super fake. All he cares about is money. And these things on the wall mean nothing. That's right. But if you back them up and they know, because your employees know they're not, or your, your team, they know they're not stupid. They know where the cancer is in the like I, I, I look, always tell people, even your clients know, right? It's easy. It's, it's like having a healthy body with a great bill of health. And you're like, oh, hey, cancer, come here. Yeah, you know, because you're gonna do something. You know, come here, come, come on, come on, in my body. Yeah, and that's how I look at teams. When you have the wrong person in there that is creating that cancer in the team, or to your clients, like you have such a reputation at Mountain West, and your name, like the Ryan Flint name, is such a big reputation. That's like a. A, like a, a proud thing to uphold and your team knows that. And they're all, and, and Ryan Flint is backed by a big team. Mountain West is backed by a big team. And you're like, you're dealing with big clients that they don't like, they can see through the BS. You're, these are big entrepreneurs that can see through the BS. Like yeah. I said before, this is not just your normal little, you know, your small, you know, showing maybe two or three houses and you're going to pick one and then the realtor bounces and it's not that big of a deal. These contracts are complicated. They're intense. They're a lot goes into them. I've done a, my, my dad was huge in a commercial real estate, more on the development side. Yeah. And I think we actually had, well, 
we actually had a, our own brokerage. It's called Realty World cool. back in the day. I don't know if you remember. I don't. Yeah, but we, yeah, now that I'm thinking about that. And so I remember being in the conversations about all these contracts and we owned, you know, we owned 50 different office buildings and more uh, strip malls and things like that around the area in Davis and Weber County. And my dad was just telling me how complicated things are. And, you know, so total respect to you, but there is like that reputation that you have to uphold. But like one thing that I see you doing is you're acting out your culture from the top down. Mm-hmm. Most people just speak it, throw some fancy signs on the wall and then it's not really a part of them. Yeah. Like I, I think that's really important. Yeah, it has I, to be authentic. I mean, it, it starts with me, it ends with me. And I can't expect anything from others if I'm not doing it myself, whether anyone's in the office or not. Anyone's on the phone call, their contract or, you know, out of town with the client. I'm the one that has to be accountable. And that's one of our biggest core values is number one is family. Right. You know, culture's absolutely everything. We go to bat for each other. I went to Davis High School, so... I've always been an all for one, one for all type of guy. Okay. And, uh, you know, a, a thing under Ryan Flint team that we've had for years and years and years is client champion defined. And initially it was relentless client champion, but relentless was get, getting uh, uh, some stereotypical judgments out there that I didn't care really of. But, you know, you think about a, a champion, it's the epitome of excellence. 100% excellence. Right. And champions fail. Champions are the ones that are there in four in the, at four in the morning when no one wants to get up and work. They're the ones that put in the extra hours after the games. And I wanted to be the definition of that in the commercial real estate space. And I knew it would take forever to do. But number one is family. So I treat my team. I treat my clients. Again, it, clients a hard word, but like right. family, like friends. And the other one is, is another core value is being 100% present in wow. everything that we do. So that doesn't mean just in the office or right. on a deal or on a negotiation or on a conference call or, you know, on a, on a site tour. It's in everything that we do. So we're 100% present when we're at the gym, when we're working on the behind the scenes, backstage right. type of stuff so that when we're in the game, we're at our very, very best. Right. There's no ne- negotiating that. Be 100 100- percent present in everything we do with your family, with your wife, with your kids. And I could go in so much depth with that because of just the experiences that I've personally had with being 100% present and the experiences that I have not being 100% present. Right. And the opposite of being 100% present is called multitasking. <laughs> it doesn't sure. exist. It's, it's right. the dumbest thing ever. One of our, we have principles too in our team. And, and one of the principle is, principles is to be strong. And that means you don't need to be a bodybuilder or a fitness model, but damn it, you're going to go to the gym and you're going to work out. Even if it's 10 million minutes, 20 minutes, 60 minutes, you're going to go and you're going to fuel your body with the right stuff. If I you go that. in, if you go into my office, there's no garbage. You know, we've got our typical snacks that clients like, but right. a lot of our stuff is healthy. All of our drinks are healthy. And it's because we want to be that example. Right. We set the precedent. So when people or friends or clients or other brokers come into our office, whether it's to have a meeting or just to shoot the shit with us, it feels comfortable. Right. It's a healthy, healthy environment. Which is key because, you know, you're creating environment to your culture. It's almost like a branding 
Like yes. you have a Ryan Flint Mountain West brand mm -hmm. and like, how is that? Like it needs to be everywhere. Like, and you need to have that culture and that brand because your culture kind of goes hand in hand with your brand. Yes. And it's like, when I go to a, a, a Ryan Flint meeting, what am I going to expect? Yeah. And it's, it's not, you know, bush light and some, no. some, some sun chips. It's, you know, this is what I expect because this is how I respect myself. This is what I expect from my other team and, the, and from the rest of my team. I think that's huge for people because like it, it's almost, well, it comes down to brand. Like, you know, you, you, you want your branding to be cohesive around, you know, your, if you're a billboard or a commercial or your Instagram or your Facebook or online, that needs to be very cohesive. Same thing with your culture. You can't have this office like this, very different. It's almost right. like a system, like the McDonald's system. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm very familiar with systems. So it's a great system. It can't be, you know, when you're going to McDonald's and like this McDonald's is very different or that McDonald's is different. Like it drives me nuts when I go into like a department store and they're completely flipped upside down. And I'm like, I don't, I'm lost. I have no clue. Like usually this section's the groceries. Okay, now it's over there. And then I don't know, like it drives me nuts. And so when people go to a, a, you know, a Ryan Flint meeting, having that expectation and that with your clients is huge because, you know, I don't think most people understand that. They, they, they can kind of fake it, but like you really need to live it through everything. And I love that you have it down to the snacks. Yeah. Like that's intense. Yeah. Most people wouldn't do that. Yeah. And what's funny is that's not me that, that does that. That's our office manager, my assistant. She's part of the culture. So in, you know, so deep that I don't even have to think about it. That's awesome. And again, we, we don't condemn people from doing what they want to do. If they right. want to bring in, you know, a, a beer or whatever, like you said, that that's totally them without any judgment whatsoever. Right. But with, with us, we just try to stay sharp. You know, we have our fun. We, we, you know, are not always outside of work, you know, what healthy and all that kind of stuff. We have our, we have our fun, but right. Uh, yeah. I think know, I saw you, just, you know, drinking, oh, you had to feed you water in the limo. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I, uh, I just love the way that a healthy lifestyle feels. Right. And that's well, why you're... my buddies gave me that name. It, and it wasn't just that I have, you know, a, a love for shoes and clothes, which I got from my grandma. I talk about her a lot. Um, but it's the way that I work out. It's the way that I take care of myself. Um, you know, first impressions are so powerful. I speak a lot about branding. It's a big passion of mine. Right. And my brand, I didn't want it just to be like a fun, bubbly brand. I wanted it. I wanted people to know that it was real. Right. I wanted people to see my icon just by itself no. if they were out of state and just know what it means, what it represents. And it's not just my name. Right. It's so much more than that. It's, you know, empowerment. It's love. And uh, people love to wear our stuff and it, it, it makes, it makes my heart just super full. That's amazing. And that, you know, one thing I do want to talk about is a lifestyle broker because you really are the lifestyle broker and, you know, you know, you kind of covered a little bit about it, but like, what is that? Like, where, I guess, where did it come from? And, you know, you're a sneakerhead. I love that. We're both sneakerheads. We yeah. both use our boy Rainey. Yeah, Shout yeah, out yeah. to him. He's the man. Yeah, um, he is. But, you know, the lifestyle broker, like, where did that come from? And like, like you've taken it to another level. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm part of a group called uh, Avengers, Real Estate Avengers. And it's a mastermind group. The Fleischman, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's Fleischman's group. It's kind of an invite only. And there's, there's, you know, it started out with maybe 40, 50 and it's, it's grown, but very, very small, organic, you know, everybody provides value. Uh, it's very hard to get in, but I'm grateful for my connections there. It's, it's definitely taken, taken myself to a whole new level. 
I mean, you, you, you are who you surround yourself with and, right. And, uh, there's many times in that room, I feel like I'm the littlest guy, the least educated. And I love that to be honest. Right. So we were, we were at an event, uh, uh, an Avengers event and we, there was just like a, I think we were on a breakout session or something with a handful of us. I, I know Aaron Wagner was there and, and, uh, Dave Allred oh. was, is, is a great friend and great mentor to me. We, we have the opportunity to work together in a bunch of different occasions, but That's awesome. him and I have, have connect, you know, formed a very amazing connection over the course of the last couple of years. And as they were getting to know me, they, I believe I might be the, the, the only, it, unless there's a few others, but the only commercial real estate broker um, that has corporate experience. So multi- really? multiple you know, locations, um, states, I do deals all over the country. I am based here in Utah, but that's uh, you know, with one of my designations that I have that, that you see out there, it's called SIOR. Yep. I have the ability to have that another deep, deep network of those, you know, SIORs is are are like the very, very high, highest of highs when it comes to commercial real estate brokers that it, it, it's an earned designation and then you you test through it and it takes a lot of years. But sharing some of this experience with with that group and understanding my love and passion for fashion, uh, from suits to to shoes. And yes, I'm a sneakerhead. I love them. Uh, it's actually one of the greatest conversational friendship pieces that when I go speak at events or, or uh, do podcasts or whatever, it's just kind of that personal connection that I have to people with, with uh, Rainey's custom shoes or right. whatever. But Dave Allred was actually the one that said, you know, you are the lifestyle broker. I always have talked about, li- I live a good lifestyle. You know, I, right. I make lifestyle uh, decisions. I want to live a healthy lifestyle. The way I invest is like what Dave does. You know, he he has a program call, called uh, Invest uh, by Design or by Lifestyle Investing or something. And uh, it's that everything you do is basically giving everything that you've got. So right. if I'm going to dress up and I'm going to present myself well, well, if, if you're in a suit, you look a, a lot better in a tailored suit with a good body right with you know cut hair and and you're groomed and manicured and i know a lot of people judged me initially by this but honestly i don't give a damn right because the first impressions that i was able to make and still make on people are what sets me apart and it it's not a cocky thing it's it's a confidence thing and when people judge you for it 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 actually makes you less confident and uh, being around people that are acknowledging, which is my love language, words of affirmation, absolutely. Acknowledging me, see me and say, wow, you're impressive. Right. It didn't matter what kind of car I drove, what kind of shoes I had, what kind of suit I had, but to go spend 30 bucks on a tailor in the mall to make it fit me, right. even if it was a Walmart suit, you just go the extra mile. Right. And uh, the car, clean your car. I mean, really little things. Again, being a hundred percent present in everything that you do is why that came uh, full circle. So, also a lot of the story is if you look at many of the influencers, you know, call it social media influencers or uh, professional athletes that are here in Utah are represented by me and my team, and there there is that lifestyle component of that. Right. Um, going to sports games and being athletic and 
you know, representing a lot of the meal prep companies. And obviously they gravitate towards me because of that first impression that, oh, well, he'll understand what we're trying to do because he eats this way. He takes care of himself. Whereas if you have somebody that's, you know, sloppy and doesn't take care of themselves and that he's representing a meal prep company on, you know, rolling out 20 sites across the country, it's, you're just not mentally there. Right. You're not a hundred percent. When you can relate to it. Yes. Which is really important for your clients. Absolutely. Being relatable, you know, and, and, uh, but you're also giving yourself permission to love them. You're genuine and you're authentic. And yeah, initially they might feel a little bit intimidated, but the minute that we start talking, it's, it's completely different. Right. All they're saying is, golly, if he can take care of himself like that, he's going to take care of me, uh, take care of me. Right. Which is what they want. I mean, especially in commercial real estate, like you, it's scary because a lot of times they don't know what the contract states. They don't know what they're getting into and they're putting all their trust into you. Oh yeah. Especially if they're brand new to take care of me. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's so important. One thing that I want to ask, or I guess a couple of things I want to ask is if, if there's someone out there, you know, brand new real estate agent or say, Maybe they got a couple of years under their belt and they want to get in this commercial space. What is some advice you would give them? A couple of points, or you know, what? What would you tell them? Would you tell them, hell no, don't get in it, or no, absolutely. You know, obviously, not. you want to look look good because you are dealing with different clients. Like it's yeah. very different. Like I've had some real estate agents. What I've dealt with in in our dealerships when I'm buying a property or when or when we're leasing or whatever, I prefer to lease, and that's a long story. But yeah. they get out, and I'm like. Ooh the hell is this guy? (laughs) He's, he's the agent. Do we trust him? You know, what advice would you give? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a big thing is, is that trust and that first impression. Um, that's part of your brand, whether it's a, a, a brand with a, your big brokerage, like for me, it was, you know, Collier's or Mountain West or JLL back in the day. And, and, uh, but also my brand is me. It's Ryan Flint team or Ryan Flint lifestyle broker. People, people see that. So, always first impressions, but that doesn't always get you the deal or people to trust you. Uh, if, if so, I would never tell somebody not to do it because that's not my place. Right. Anybody can be whoever they want to be. Right. Right. And the best advice that I could give is to get coached, be mentored. Uh, I was very adamant that throughout my career, or at least my earlier stages in my career, uh, that I didn't mention earlier was I sought out the best of the best. And it wasn't just the best of the best producing. It was the best of the best in the way that they treated people and the money followed. The success followed. The deals followed. I have not one day, one deal in my entire career ever been transactional. And I can say that with so much surety. It's always been about the relationship. I still take deals that are startup companies that have zero balance sheet. And knowing that they're going to have to sign personal guarantees and everything that they have to do, I take those on because of the relationship. And it's not of, oh, well, I think they're going to be big. I don't look at that like that. Right. I think of, we have an amazing connection. So if you're looking for an executive suite or you're looking for a $100 million property that is you know, whatever it is, distribution center, whatnot, it, if I have that connection and that relationship that I am trusted and loyal to as much as I feel about them, I'm all in and I go all in. So A, find a coach and it doesn't always have to be a you know commercial real estate coach. It can be an entrepreneur that has experience in real estate. Uh, that's, that's my biggest and most exciting thing in the future is I will never stop doing commercial real estate ever. I will never retire 
I'm always productive. It's such a fun business to be a part of and hard, you know, right. especially in markets that, that turn upside down and, and in inflated markets too. You get creative. You look in the mirror and you button up that shirt every day and you get in there and you educate people and you tell people what they need to hear. And uh, whatever you don't know, you dig and you ask right. and you surround yourself around people that are that are researching it and and again it's all about being the one that provides the most value being the one that has the most energy in the room is always the one that wins that's powerful and uh you know coaching mentors i always wanted to be the mentor or the coach that i didn't have and and you have a coaching program now absolutely and uh it's not public out there but i mentor and coach a lot of brokers my greatest excitement is the opportunity to provide value back, give back again. It's one, go, of, your value, one of your value. Your, going back. Yeah. yeah. It's make a lot of money. That's fun. Money provides freedom. And, but, but more than anything, it provides an opportunity to help more people. Right. You know, things cost a lot of money. Coaching just to start programs cost a lot of money and to hold events and masterminds. It costs a lot of money. And I know people are willing to pay for them, but again, I, I have to provide that value in order to be, you know, accepted and, and so on and so forth. Right. Um, but more than anything is, is surround yourself around people that you want to emulate and do what I did in a way that you sit back and instead of thinking that you can just be the king on, on day one, you know, in this business, have the confidence of that because I knew one day I wanted to be that. Right. But I also knew that I had to go through that course of that personal development, but don't just hire a coach and, not do anything about it. Right. Hire a coach and implement, ask yeah, questions. Action, you know? massive action. Yeah, massive action. And uh, that's another core value of ours is we take action. Thoughts and dreams are only as good as if you act upon them, right? Exactly. And uh, I had great mentors. Two of the best mentors in the business, by far. I was relentless with them. I would not do anything. I was asking them to work for free. I was asking you to know go knock doors for them only so I could have an hour with them a month or 15 minutes here and there to ask questions. It was never a, Hey, let me pick your brain. It was, I'm going to show, give you and provide you so much value that you're making money hand over fist. And I'm not asking for anything in return besides to serve you, to help you. And again, shine your light so bright that the only thing that those people can do is notice you. And that was in wow. the back of my mind constantly. It wasn't, well, I'm going to go ask him if I can pick his brain. I'm going to be annoying son of a bitch that texts him and emails him and says, Hey, well, how can I help? Send me what you don't want. I thought to myself, I'm going to shine my light so bright through what I do, through what the lifestyle broker does, right? through my core values that I made up for myself, my non-negotiables, so that all the only thing they can do is notice me. And when they notice wow. me and that light's so bright, they're going to, they're going to feel not only say, um, let's go. That's, that's huge. And then you got to follow through, right? You got to go do the work and you got to be honest with yourself and don't, this business is, you cannot bullshit it because if you do, you get it right back in your face. Right. That's, so. that's huge. Uh, if you're out there listening, you're, you're getting into real estate, listen to that over again. I mean, you're, you're, you're hearing from a guy who's sold billions, literally billions in real estate nationally known. I mean, that's, that's incredible stuff right there. Thank you. Ryan, I know, you know, we're about to wrap it up. One thing I want to ask you is, and I ask everybody this is success is blank. What does success to you mean? Well, success is uh, honestly, man, there's so many ways that I could, I 
could be success, but I'll, I'll tell you what, it's not money. You know, the, 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 the people ask, you know, what's happiness or what, what makes you, what makes you the most successful success is relationships and it's how you treat people and it's how you treat yourself. The greatest amount of value where I quote unquote, make all of my money rather than, oh, on office buildings or land or whatever I make. I have the most success because of the relationships that I have. Right. And I pour everything that I have into those. And in return, they pour everything they have into the relationships with me. Because when you have good relationships with the right people, you gain access. Right. And when you have access to things that others don't have access to, you become successful. But it doesn't stop there. You keep loving people. You keep serving people. You keep providing value until you're freaking blue in the face. And, and, and do not ask for anything in return. You just keep loving and serving people and building relationships and that trust and that loyalty. It'll create so much success and money that you won't even know what hit you. But again, it's just, it goes in a circle. Just keep loving people. That's, so success is relationships, Jason. That's, that's powerful. I mean, that's really powerful. And it, most people just don't get that. No. And, and you've got that. You live through it. I've seen it all over the place and I've seen it personally and felt it personally. Like you, it's a very, very big difference between you just saying it on this podcast, but I've felt it And Mikkel, you know, after we left that night, Mikkel is like, wow, like they're all over the place. And you know, I've I've talked a lot about you, but it's more of how great of a guy you've been. It's not, Oh, look, he's all over the, I know, I know the guy that's on every sign in, in, in Davis County and all over the place. It's, he's a great guy. Like if you need anything, go to him. And I, I'm like, I don't know. I, I probably sent you referrals. I don't even ask for them, but I hope I'm not bugging you with them. But I'm no. like, go talk. If you need anything, go talk to them because of how you treated me and Mikkel has honestly left a lasting impression. And like I'm getting goosebumps from, from what you just said Thank because it's, it's so powerful. And I wish, you know, I, I'm going to go back and listen to this podcast because I could learn a ton from it over and over and over. So like, I just really, really appreciate you being on here. Thanks for having means me. a lot. I know you're busy and I know you're out there crushing it. One thing I want to ask is uh, where can people find you at? You know, social medias and websites, things like that. Yeah. The the best way to find me is at uh, Real Ryan Flint uh, on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm sure you can Google me, but I, I'm, I manage my own social media. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised I, when I, I asked you that. Yeah. I don't, I want to be authentic, you know, and not everybody's for me and I'm not for everybody and that's okay. But I, you can find me um, because uh, I have a team that, that makes sure that every inquiry is at my desk. Cool. No, that, that means a lot. And Ryan, again, thank you so much. You. And we will see you, everybody, on the next episode of Culture Camp. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Culture Camp Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star rating on your podcast player and share this episode with your team.